Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to the Totally Driven Entertainment Radio Network. In the future, none of you are heroes. You're legends. Get driven. Stay driven. broadcast system announcing the commencement of the annual purge sanctioned by the U.S. government. 11.55, almost midnight. Enough time for one more story before 12. You're going to die up there. Oh, ladies and gentlemen, this is Michael Joy, and I am broadcasting on the Totally Driven Entertainment Radio Network. I'd like to welcome everyone to Horror News Confidential. We are not only breaking news, but we're making news every week, every Tuesday at 9 o'clock, and we're broadcasting from beyond inner sanctum and through the darkness. Ladies and gentlemen, directly into your skull. If you dare, take this bizarre journey with us down a twisted lost highway as we rediscover the creature features from our childhood and we re-examine new monsters of today. Uh, You are listening to us also through hardnews.net. I uh, wear many hats, one of which is operations manager of hardnews.net, but I'm also the director of marketing for Artsploitation Films. And uh, this evening, we're going to be talking to Dee Wallace in a little bit. And, uh, she is the executive producer and the star of uh, upcoming horror feature, Red Christmas. Red Christmas, uh, for those of you who do not know, uh, it is an Australian horror film uh, directed by uh, Craig Anderson, and it is a brilliant piece of work. Uh, almost a uh, reminds me of a throwback to the days of horror movies on VHS tapes, the ones we grew up with. Uh, I always liked those holiday-themed horror classics like Black Christmas, Christmas Evil, Silent Night, Deadly Night. You know, and they all had this uh, mystique about them that you shouldn't be watching them. You should stay away because. You know, it mixes, you know, the the horror genre with something so sacred as, you know, Christmas time and Santa Claus. You know, everything, you know, good and nice and sweet, uh, you know, combined with, you know, the atrocities of horror films with blood, guts, and gore. Uh, and I remember the promotions for those films, um, you know, banned in like, you know, so many countries and, you know, uh, you know, everyone was up in arms about, you know, how could they make this movie about Santa Claus killing little, you know, children, you know, I don't know if that actually happens or not, but, um, but just the image of Santa Claus with an ax was enough to, you know, give you that wow factor. And, and that's what that was all about. So, I mean, basically this kind of comes full circle because, you know, Red Christmas you know, brings the horror element back to, you know, Christmas time. Now, be it, it is Christmas time in Australia, which adds an, a completely new level of insanity. Uh, and then, you know, just, uh, you know, tying everything together in this film uh, is, is the one and the only, um, the original Scream Queen, uh, Dee Wallace. And, you know, I, I would be hard-pressed to even think of another, you know, in this, in this industry, you throw the word scream queen around a lot. And there are a lot of females worthy of that title, but I cannot think of a single female, uh, quite honestly, that is more deserving of the title of scream queen than Dee Wallace. I mean, if you just think about everything that she's been involved in, um, I mean, let alone E.T., The Extraterrestrial, which isn't technically a horror movie, but um, 
I mean, it's just a piece of, of who we are and what we grew up with. I mean, E.T. Um, was very much a part of my childhood growing up. And, I mean, it was it was the movie that was, aside from Star Wars being like, like such an, an epic blockbuster. Um, I mean, next in line was like E.T. Because when that came out, I mean, movie theaters just blew up. Um, you know, I, I just remember that thing being in the theaters forever. And, I, you know, everyone that I knew, I mean, I was little, but I mean, everyone went to see E.T. So, you know, put all that to the side that she was in E.T. I mean, the horror movies that she's been in, I mean, you're talking about, talk about controversy back, you know, in the day. We were talking about how horror movies were, were you know, the Christmas time horror movies were controversial. I mean, she was in one of the most controversial movies of its time. And I talked to uh, Michael Berriman last year about this. Um, the original Hills Have Eyes, um, you know, D. Wallace was in. All right. Cujo, Stephen King's Cujo, D. Wallace was in, I mean, being trapped in the car with her little boy with this, you know, rabid killer dog outside, you know, ramming his head into the car. And, you know, I mean, you know, who doesn't love Cujo? You know, The Howling, personal favorite. I mean, what a great werewolf movie. I mean, there, there's, and I've, I've said this, I think, for the past couple of weeks, um, you know, The Howling and American Werewolf in London are probably my two favorite uh, werewolf movies. Um, so, you know, what do we have so far? We've mentioned E.T., we've mentioned Cujo, uh, we've mentioned The Hills Have Eyes, we've mentioned The Howling, um, and what, I mean, there's also Critters, you know, which is the lesser of the bunch, but, you know, still, um, you know, people know it. It is become kind of like a, a cult film in a way. Um, and as a lot of these 80s horror movies have become, they've, they've gotten a following through the years. Um, you know, when they, you know, maybe came out in the early to mid 80s, you know, it was like, you know, you would think like a lot of movies. You know, it's here today, it's gone tomorrow, and it'll be forgotten, you know, five years from now. Well, you know, here we are, like, decades later, and all of these movies that we're talking about, that D. Wallace has been in, ha have stood the test of time. And, you know, they're, they have, each, each movie really has their own following of, of horror fans in general and, and specific, um, you know, Critters has, you know, you know, for some reason there, there are critter maniacs out there that just love the movie Critters. Um, you know, it's, it's just one of those things. Um, you kind of like the movie Troll. Um, you know, I mean, I don't know why, but people, people like it. You know, it's just one of those things. Um, I mean, my point is, seriously, I mean, D. Wallace has been in so many, so many, so many great movies that we today consider cult classics or, or you know, the horror genre just considers, you know, uh, you know, these movies on the, the all-time best horror movie list. Um, so... I mean, it means it means one of two things. First, it means that D. Wallace is fantastic as far as picking out scripts and knowing a winner when she sees a winning script. Um, I mean, that's obvious because you know you are not just a normal, everyday, you know, run-of-the-mill actor, you know, and you don't run into this many uh, beloved movies that you're part of. It just doesn't happen. Um, so, so again, A, she is brilliant at picking winners. And then, of course, B, she's a 
tremendous, fantastic, brilliant actress because to be able to pull off the roles that she's pulled off um, and so convincingly, um, I mean, she is a major factor um, because, you know, you hear the expression, they takes two to tango, you know. Well, I mean, you can have a great script, but, I mean, you have to have great people, you know, in your movie and reading the lines from your script for everything to fall into place. Am I right or am I right? I mean, so, I mean, she can do it. I mean, obviously, you know, she, you know, has the courage to to step into these roles. Um, and a lot of times she plays a mom, but a very different mom from movie to movie. Um, but, you know, she is, um, might I say, one bad mother uh, when it comes down to it. Because, you know, these roles, um, you know, she, she kills. Um, I, and I think I, I um, didn't mention, I, I've mentioned so many movies that she's been in, but I mean, there, there are so many more. And Red Christmas, um, you know, I've seen it. And, you know, dare I say, you know, at the end of the day, at the end of the week, and maybe 20 years down the road, Red Christmas, I think, is going to be one of those D. Wallace movies that is just lumped right in to the rest of, you know, her great career and her great choices. Um, because, you know, um, I mean, it's a fantastic movie. And once again, in Red Christmas, you know, she plays the mom and, uh, you know, she plays a completely different mom than she did in E.T. and Cujo and, you know, the rest of them. But, um, but nonetheless, a very, very strong role. And she um, basically has to deal with this whole family in turmoil. Uh, and, you know, she, she's trying to hold things together amongst all this Christmas time chaos uh, and what um, swirls into um, a crazy horror movie. Uh, and it's a controversial movie. And that, that's, again, basically we're coming around full circle here because, you know, we were talking about how the hills have eyes back in the day, um, you know, was just oozing controversy, um, you know, about the subject matter. Well, what are we, 30 or 40 years later? And now Red Christmas, again, deals with a very hot topic, uh, a taboo topic even, uh, as far as abortion goes. Uh, because uh, the theme of abortion is, is really layered right down the middle of Red Christmas. And it's... Um, quite shocking in a lot of ways, but Craig Anderson, the director, uh, basically did an amazing job of being able to weave such a controversial storyline in, in abortion into a 80s-style slasher film uh, set at Christmas time. So, wow. I mean, you know, here we have abortion, we have Christmas time. We have kind of like a throwback 80s feel going on, in my opinion. Uh, and then we have, you know, one of the most honored screen queens around, um, and that being Dee Wallace, uh, you know, being able to, um, you know, to pull this off. So, uh, you know, kudos to Dee and kudos to uh, Craig Anderson. Um, and... Let me just mention a, a couple of movies that I didn't didn't mention before that she's been part of and um, shouldn't take second fiddle to anything because uh, the Frighteners, um, you know, she played uh, you know a very different role in that movie, but uh, it was still great. 
Um, and she's no, going to be known for that, you know, when, when push comes to shove, you know, um, you know, when you're looking at her career and you're looking at Cujo and you're looking at E.T., you know, and you're looking at Howling, you know, it's, it's also you're looking at Frighteners. And then, you know, uh, in more modern times, um, you know, she was actually um, in a Rob Zombie's remake of Halloween, you know, which, um, you know, you could blink an eye and forget about that for a moment, you know, because, you know, so many remakes come and go. But um, but I got to say, I mean, he's taken a lot of heat, but I actually really enjoyed um, Mr. Zombie's take on Halloween. Uh, I thought it was very well done. And, uh, yeah, and... I mean, no two bones about it. You know, it was different than John Carpenter's version, but, uh, you know, Rob Zombie layered his own personal touch to it. And, you know, I've always liked the Rob Zombie videos. Uh, You know, he's always been, first and foremost, a fan of the horror genre. And, uh, you know, he pays homage to, um, to the past in a lot of his projects. And that's why he brings in, um, you know, people like Sid Haig and Bill Mosley and, um, you know, basically the who's who when it comes down to it. Um, And it's always fun because he does bring in, you know, those 80s icons. He does bring in, you know, thank God, you know, people like Dee Wallace to add some credibility, you know, to, to his films. And, uh, you know, and he does just that. So, you know, again, what I'm just saying is, is Dee Wallace, uh, a class act. We're going to be talking to her in just a few short minutes. So, you know, I just basically, you know, everyone hold on to your seats because it's going to be a wild ride. It's a madhouse! A madhouse! You know, I couldn't agree. I couldn't agree more. It's definitely a madhouse. And uh, you know, with that said, we're gonna um, we're gonna take our commercial break. We're gonna get that out of the way, and then when we come back, we're gonna have that interview with D. Wallace. So stay tuned, ladies and gentlemen, at Totally Driven Entertainment. Attention business owners, website owners, event promoters, or anyone looking to promote your product. The Totally Driven Entertainment Radio Network is the perfect way to spread the word of your business around the world. That's right. You can advertise at our network and be played on all of our shows at rates that are so cheap. It's a no-brainer. For more information, contact Bay Ragney at bayragney at gmail.com. To keep your business driven, stay driven with Totally Driven Entertainment. Are you a fan of Sherlock Holmes? Letters from Holmes offers unique, one-of-a-kind letters from the world-famous detective himself. Handwritten on 8.5-inch by 11-inch aged parchment paper and using smudge-free ink to produce original, high-quality letters that fans will treasure for years to come. Each letter is handcrafted and written from the perspective of Sherlock Holmes, mimicking Holmes's native tongue and embracing many of the famous detective's quirks, quips, insults and peculiarities. Order a love letter, birthday greeting, personal correspondence, or more only at www.etsy.com forward slash shop forward slash letters from homes. For $5 today, you can buy a wealth of things. Gas for your car, rent a movie for the family, a few slices of pizza. $5 still takes you a long ways. But did you know that $5 can buy your child a bag of heroin in the streets? That's right. For only $5, your son or daughter can buy some of the cheapest and purest dope in the country. Be aware of the lies. Be aware of the stealing. Be aware that's all it takes to kill your child. $5. This message was brought to you by Casey's Cause, a group of parents located in southern Chester County out to save your child's life. Come join us today at www.caseyscause.com. And remember, $5 is all it takes. Casey's Cause, www.caseyscause.com. Looking for that perfect gift for your girlfriend? 
Then look no further than Teddy Scares. Teddy Scares are available in a variety of styles, sizes, and prices for all your shopping needs. Teddy Scares are a mix of cute and creepy to make a great gift for almost any age. Board up your windows, lock your doors, and log on to TeddyScares.com. And be sure to become our friends at Facebook.com slash Calling all comic book fans. Do you collect comics? Did you ever collect comics? Do you think your children might like reading comic books? Do you even know they still print real, paper, non-digital comic books? Well, then visit the Pirates of Ontario Street Comics in Philadelphia. We have a massive collection of comic books, action figures, trading cards, and much more. We have one of the largest stocks of back-issue comics in the area. We bag and board every new comic book at no extra charge. Our store is voted the best comic book shop in the 2013 PHL 17 Hot List Contest. Part of the movie Unbreakable is filmed in our store. We are open seven days a week. Ontario Street Comics is located at 2235 East Ontario Street in the Port Richmond section of Philly. Our phone number is 215-288-7338. Type in the words Ontario Comics Philadelphia to check out our Wacky Stores page on Facebook. A scientist named Frankenstein made a monster by sewing together parts of old dead bodies. You have to read that stuff. Wait a minute. Frankenstein gave the monster eternal life by shooting it full of electricity. Some people claim it is not dead even now. Uh-oh. Just dormant. <laughs> now, who'd be silly enough to believe that? <laughs> <laughs> who would be silly enough to believe that? <laughs> <laughs> Me. Uh. All right, ladies and gentlemen, this is Michael Joy from HorrorNews.net and the Totally Driven Entertainment Radio Network. You are listening to Horror News Confidential, our weekly Tuesday night podcast. This week, we have a very special guest. We have Dee Wallace talking about her upcoming film, Red Christmas. But before we get there, uh, just a couple words. Uh, we are um, we're going to have some fantastic guests coming up in the in the upcoming weeks. Uh, we're uh, currently in negotiations uh, with the one and the only uh, Danny Trio, so that's going to be a uh, that's going to be a slobber knocker, if you will. Uh, so I can't wait for that one. Uh, and then also uh, coming up, uh, we have. Um, well, you know what? We got some surprises that are just going to knock your socks off. Let me just let me just stop right now, and then you'll you'll find out. So, anyway, um, speaking of different things that I do uh, besides hosting this show, um, I'm also uh, you know working on promoting um, for art exploitation films and and the movie Red Christmas. Um, and, uh, you know, I've, um, you know, had a great time doing it and uh, we have, uh, some really, um, some really cool events coming up that I just want to bring up, uh, this past weekend, uh, Red Christmas was shown at the, uh, Scum Dance Film Festival, uh, and, uh, a fantastic crowd, a crowd came out to see the movie, uh, and I want to thank everyone who did. But um, but coming up, we have the Red Christmas premiere coming to New York City and Los Angeles. Uh, so in New York City, we're going to be at the Kew Gardens Festival of Cinema coming up on August 11th. And then also, Red Christmas is going to do its premiere in Los Angeles at the uh, Lamel Theater in Beverly Hills. Now, that's coming up on August 25th. So, you know, if anyone in the New York area or in the Los Angeles area wants to see Red Christmas, please, you know, come on out and, and take, a, um, you know, take a look and, and see what everyone's talking about. Um, now, after Los Angeles, we're going to be rolling it out to um, other cities. We're going to be in um, – I got a list here. Uh, I'm just going to go down real quick to tell you where you can see Red Christmas in your area because uh, it's, uh, it's fantastic. Um, September 1st, 
Chattanooga, Tennessee, Dallas, Texas, Kansas City, Missouri, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, Monterey, California. Uh, They're all being rolled out on September 1st. On September 8th, uh, Houston, Texas, and San Francisco, Francisco, California. Uh, On September 15th, Columbus, Ohio. September 16th, Cleveland, Ohio. September 26th, Winchester, Virginia. It's uh, right on the outskirts of Washington, D.C., I believe. Uh, And then in uh, September 27th, we're in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, uh, and then bringing us into October, the month of Halloween, uh, we're in Denver, Colorado. And then by the end of October, uh, we will be debuting Red Christmas on uh, VOD, Blu-ray, and DVD platforms. So you'll be able to see that right in the comfort of your own home. So that's going to be um, that's going to be a treat for everyone as well. Get your sticking paws off me, you damn dirty ape! Yeah, yeah, that that happens sometimes. We're gonna count to three. One. What happens to two? All right. So uh, before. We bring D. Wallace on. Uh, I've got a few more moments, and I just want to uh, talk real quickly about another project that I'm working on that a lot of you guys know about, uh, and that is Dead Afterlife. Uh, Dead Afterlife uh, is a movie, uh, a screenplay that I wrote, uh, and if you uh, if you don't know anything about it, uh, just give you a little summary, uh, and we have some exciting news. Uh, about the progress of Dead Afterlife that's um, not going to announce tonight, but in the coming weeks we're going to have a big announcement. Um, And uh, you you want to definitely listen to hear about this. Uh, But Dead Afterlife, if you can imagine you are at your own funeral, you're a ghost, and you're watching your family and your friends coming to your funeral. It's such an emotional time. It's such a sad event. But you are there in spirit, and you're seeing your loved ones walk up to your casket and say their final goodbyes. What would happen if right in front of you the casket lid opens up and your own undead zombie self crawls out of the coffin and starts wreaking havoc by killing and eating your friends and your family. What would you do? What could you possibly do? Because you're dead. You're, you're a ghost. So Physically, you're not even there, but you're watching all this mayhem and all this horror take place in front of your very eyes. You're watching, you're watching yourself. You're watching your own zombie at your funeral eating your friends and your family. Well, anyway... That's the situation that the star of the movie, Donald Conley, faces in Dead Afterlife. Now, not going to give you too much more, but we're negotiating with an all-star cast, um, some great horror genre icons. I've talked to Michael Berriman uh, from The Hills Have Eyes, uh, and, uh, you know, he is on board. You know, I've talked to Bill Mosley from Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2, um, and also from, you know, from the Rob Zombie movies, House of a Thousand Corpses and Devil's Rejects, um, and then also uh, the one and only Bill Oberst Jr., which is from so many horror movies. Uh, I think he's got like over 100 listed on his IMDb page. It's ridiculous. This guy's in so many things. So... Anyway, we, we got a lot of 
we got a lot of name talent that we're negotiating with, and, and we have big announcement about the production of Dead Afterlife coming up in the weeks to come. And I'm not even going to say in the months to come, in the weeks to come. It's going to be that soon that we're going to be making uh, an earth-shattering announcement. That's, you know, that's as much as I can say about that. It's going to be big. So, ladies and gentlemen, without further hesitation, I, I just want to, I just want to bring to you the one and only D. Wallace. Ladies and gentlemen, please enjoy. Love Talk Radio. Prepping for an interview with D. Wallace. Stand by. Talk Radio. I'm prepping for an interview with D. Wallace. Stand by. Hello, it's D. Yeah. Hello. Hi, D. This is uh, Hi D. Can you hear me? This is Michael Joy I... from Artsploitation Films. Hello, Michael. I'm great. Thank you. Yes, I can hear you. Fantastic. It's so nice to talk to you. I absolutely love Red Christmas and I can't Isn't it wait an to awesome film? I love it too. <laughs> Oh, uh, it, it is fantastic. And, you know, there there has got to have been hundreds, if not thousands, of scripts that have probably come across your desk for the years that you've been acting. Um, and I'm just curious, Red Christmas, um, why did you pick this one? Uh, what attracted you to Red Christmas? Well, the role, uh, because when I read it, First the role, then the script. Uh, I thought it was just so interesting that he was working in all these social um, commentaries also. Um, but I, when I read the script, I went, oh, my God, this is another Cujo role, you know, and right. I don't even know whether I can do this anymore. But as soon <laughs> as I had that thought, I said, I'm going to go try because, <laughs> you know, those uh, roles take a lot of energy and a lot of physicality and all oh kinds of God, things. Yeah. So, I, yeah. I, I so can only, I, I can only imagine. And, and I love Australia. And then when I Skyped with Craig, I fell in love with Craig and it was just kind of a no brainer. So um, I just, think it's it's so uh, 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 such a unique film and we did so much with so little really and it's I don't know it's just the kind of project I love to be involved in well let, let's talk about uh, Australia for a minute uh, how was it filming down under and um, were there any comparisons between filming in the United States and Australia that, that uh, you can think of? Well, I, I mean, 
uh, first of all, I love Australia. I'd done a little Chris, uh, Christmas movie for Disney down there years ago. And um, I, I, I mean, we were in the outback, so, <laughs> you know, there were challenges there. But as far as um, the crew being incredibly professional, I mean, it was a skeleton crew. Um, really professional. And what I loved about it was everybody was friends. And, oh, yeah. you know, in other movies, they had um, they had done different jobs for each other. And so it was kind of a friend-slash-family atmosphere that... Um, just came together and everybody was there to do their best and give their best and uh you know we cooked dinner for each other and everybody <laughs> ate together and it was um it was just i have to say one of the most positive experiences i've had in a long long time that's so good to hear because i mean i've i've talked to um uh, you know Craig Anderson, and he seems like a really great guy. Um, he is. You had mentioned you, you had mentioned um, you know maybe facing some challenges. What was the most challenging part of making that movie um, in Australia? Um, I I think probably the the energy that it that the role and and the film itself uh, called upon. Um, you know, it's just really high energy. I mean, once once the visitor uh, comes to the house, it's just balls out, you know, emotional energy. And, um, and quite frankly, one of my biggest challenges was that they put me up in this little bungalow, which I was very grateful to be in. But the bathroom okay. had been added as a separate, you know, you had to walk across a little hallway outside, which oh, okay. in the middle of the night with all the critters in Australia was <laughs> daunting to this girl from Kansas. Oh, wow. Uh, but, um, you know, I, I just, it was, like I said, everybody... Everybody there was so kind, so professional, so willing to give, so respectful um, of each other and of me. And and I think there's a lot of sets in America that could stand to learn a lot from watching a set run that way. Oh, I'm sure. Peter Jackson. Peter Jackson's. Um, uh, you know, when I when I did the Frighteners for Peter, his set was run run the same way. No matter if you were okay. a best boy or a producer, if you had a problem, everybody got together and listened and addressed the problem and respected each other. And you know, I think we just need a lot more of that sometimes on our sets here in America. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, to me, that's how it should be. Um, well, is, that's know, the way life should be, right, Michael? Yeah, this is true. Yeah, <laughs> it, we don't uh, always get We that. should be that way with each other in life. That's one of the reasons our pro, our country is in the peril that it's in. Yeah, because no, you know, like the executive producer, everything stems from the top down. And when they're respectful and they're caring and they're in integrity, then it it travels down throughout your entire set or country or world. That's just the way it works. It's true. You um you had some scenes with a a great actor by the name of Gerald O'Dwyer, um, mm-hmm. and he has um, he has Down syndrome. Um, I believe, and I mean, it was just some great, great scenes between you guys. How was it working with um, with Gerald? Well, it was sometimes challenging uh, because uh, of his challenge, um, but 
you know, when you're there and you get to know the person and you treat them as an equal, um, then nothing is is really too challenging. And he's an absolute total professional, always comes in knowing his work, um, knowing his lines, you know. Um, but he has I, certain ideas, and Craig was just magnificent in how he worked with Jerry. And, of course, they're good friends off the set, and Jerry has worked with him in, in other capacities because, I mean, Craig has worked with him in other capacities because Craig gives back a lot um, uh, to the community and working with kids and challenge kids and all that. So, um, you know, to me, um, the challenge was sometimes just in communication, but we always okay. got through it. Um, Craig knew exactly the formula um, that he needed to use to take my communication and turn it into Jerry's communication so we could both come together. And, and, and you know, I approached it, as you know, I've worked with a lot of kids, and I, I really approached working with Jerry as a mother who was very protective and loving of her son who happened to have a challenge. And I think that really came through uh, when you're watching the movie. I mean, it seems like, you know, you, you are that caring mother, and you bring that to so many of your roles. Thank you. Thanks, Michael. Now, I'm going to be interviewing Gerald in um, a few short weeks, uh, and I would like to ask him uh, a question and say this question came from Dee Wallace. So what question would you ask Gerald uh, if I was uh, interviewing him? Do you have anything how, particular that I can... Well, yeah. How does he hope the world sees him as an actor? Okay. I'm definitely going to ask him that. That's fantastic. And I, I can't wait to find out what his reply is going to be. Yeah, I would be interested, too. I wonder if he's so, clear about it, you know. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to that. Um, so Red Christmas, um, lots and lots and lots and lots of great scenes. What was your, do you have a favorite scene in Red Christmas? Oh, geez. Um, well, I love the happy scene when we're all, when it's just a big cluster in the kitchen and, and we're trying to get ready for dinner and everybody's arriving. And, y you know, I, I love that scene because it's very much like my own family at Christmas. <laughs> Um, I, I love the scene where, um, where I find out that I shot Jerry instead of the intruder. Um, right. And Craig really let me, uh, play around with that. It was kind of written in a, in a different way and, and, you know, that's what I love so much about Craig is he had brilliant ideas of his own, but he was always open to collaboration from everybody on the set. And that makes uh, the best kind of director for me. Oh, yeah. No, and, absolutely. Um, you know, I said, gosh, I, I think you're really missing a great moment if I – don't run over and we and we cover me finding out that I've shot my son because we built up this relationship so much. So we kind of expanded that scene um a little bit. Uh there's there's a lot of I, I love the scenes with my two daughters upstairs. Um right. and all the family dynamics that play out there. Uh, oh yeah, I, yeah. I, it's just such a multi-layered script. Um, if you if you take out the horror element, you will see so many layers of relationships and what's going on within a family, and 
um, even from the parental point of view, you know, how um, you don't ever have a favorite child, but in some ways you do. (laughs) And, you know, like my little brother was a black sheep, so he was always the one my mom took care of the most because she just didn't have to take care of me that much, you know. And all that's in there. All of it, uh, all of all of that is playing in all of those scenes. And I must say, uh, I felt incredibly blessed to work with these amazing actors um, from Australia and New Zealand. I mean, just, wow, effortless. We just all... Oh just fell into this family together and it was I I just love them all and you see I I think that's what makes a great movie forget about being a horror movie but um, just any movie is you know the um, you know what you're saying you know the 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 personal elements the the relationships and you know and and finding all that and and all the layers that's involved Um, I mean you know, it could have been a drama. Um, you know, it could have been, you know, a, have a little bit more comedy. It could have been any genre movie, but I mean, you know, that's the kind of thing that just makes a great movie. Yeah, I agree. And and that's what you don't have a lot in the horror films of today. Um, Yo, I, you don't I, I, have the nuances. You don't have the relationships and the nuances that, that make a really solid script you have to go yeah, get that I mean, honey uh, no it's okay <laughs> i didn't expect to be something uh, ringing in the background but we're good we're good um but no i mean i got a couple questions um that come outside of me um and i just want to read them off um uh, uh janelle uh, spiegel had asked you and you touched about this but she says uh, where um where do you go for your emotionally, um, where do you go emotionally for all the traumatizing roles? Um, like, you know, we were just talking about in Red Christmas and, you know, you finding out that you, you know, shot, um, you know, Gerald. Um, as an actor, how, how, do you, um, how do you get there? Well, you know, I was so fortunate in, in my career to find my mentor, Charles Conrad, who really taught me how to, um, for want of a better word, channel the character. But, you know, I I had a very large acting studio for 18 years. And um, you get to an emotion by never trying to get to an emotion. You get okay. to an emotion by literally being in the moment and being connected to the moment and the person or the scene you're looking at. You're so connected that it just is a truthful reaction of of what you're going into. Now, it's easier if your energy is extremely high. If If you think back whenever you've been violently emotional in your life, um, you're right. kind of shaking. And your energy, oh, yeah. your heart's beating, you know, a lot of times palpitating really quickly. So the higher your energy is, the more you open up to your emotional life. Okay. Right. I mean, it makes sense. Um, thank you for that. Um, I've I got another, uh, another question from a fan. Um, this one is from uh, Graham Garfield Bernard. Now, you had mentioned it a little bit earlier on um, Peter Jackson and the Frighteners, and this is exactly what his uh, question is. Um, he said, uh, do you enjoy playing the loony killer every now and then? Um, oh, you bet. And then, <laughs> <laughs> um, Absolutely. We, we all... I had a great time killing everybody in the Frighteners. Absolutely. Yeah, I an actor what? gets, you know, we get tired of playing the same colors. Uh, I'm doing a series now <clears throat> that's a little kind of family series, and it's a beautiful little series and beautifully done, but I'm, I'm really ready to move on. I'm, I'm tired yeah. of playing the same notes. You know, it's like if you told a violinist, 
well, you're going to need to play the same song for the next four years. Right. Right. And, and yeah. Every, uh, yeah. Uh, so everyone knows you as the mom, and and that's good, but you can do more than that. Well, but I, you know, right there, there's probably a hundred different kind of moms that I've played. True. Some true. of them are loving. Some of them are sick. Some of them are alcoholics. Some of them are battered wives. You know, just to say, I play the mom is. Um, not really indicative to the breadth of the moms that I've played. This is true. This is true. <laughs> um, I mean, so after I, all, I'm a mom in Red Christmas. Yes, Far different mom than I am in E.T. Yeah. Um, the television program that you're involved in now, um, what, what's the name of that show? Just Add Magic. It's on Amazon Prime. Okay. Um, now, what do you like better? Do you like playing uh, roles in television or uh, movies at this stage of your career? Movies, or at any, most definitely. Any stage of your career. Okay. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, I. Um, and, and why is that? Because we have more creative uh, freedom in okay. film than we do in TV. Okay. All right, all right, that makes sense to me. <laughs> um, and then also, I just want to uh, obviously, you know, you mentioned Cujo a little bit earlier, uh, and um, you know, you you mentioned uh, you know having to uh, to go outside and and go past critters, which is another movie that you did. Um, and then of course, you know, you just mentioned E.T., um, which not really hard, but science fiction wise. Um, I mean, and then one of my favorites, The Howling. Um, you, you are worldwide known as uh, a legendary screen queen. What is it about the horror genre and horror movies that, that keep you coming back for more? I love them. Well, let me, I love doing them. <laughs> I love the emotional life, and I love the arcs that um, heroines get to play in horror films. Um, you know, you start all the way over to the left, and most of the time, through a great emotional ride, you end up on the other side on the right. For me as an actor, that's what stokes my boat. I really love that. And, um, okay. Yeah. So I watch your movies whenever I get a chance, but I'm just curious. Well, thank you, Michael. Do you ever watch your own movies? Um, I can't say very often that I do. I mean, you know, I do a lot of personal appearances, and sometimes I'll stay to watch a film. Um, my daughter had never seen Critters, so she and I watched it together. Uh, okay. But, you know, I, I don't go back. I probably should go back and watch them uh, again some probably seen ET more than more than anything because I do so many personal appearances for it. Yeah, well, definitely. That's you know, ET is ET. I mean, come on, <laughs> you can't get bigger than ET. That's an understatement, I think. <laughs> but uh, you know, I I've had such a great time talking to you today, and you know, I, I want to finish up by you um, telling us a little bit about. Your podcast, um, where can we listen to it? And tell us a little bit about it. Well, uh, the other side of me is I'm a clear audience channel, and I have a whole community of um, people that I do healing work with. Uh, basically, I teach you to take responsibility for your own life and where you're falling out about that and what blocks you have in your energy around getting what you want. And I have a free call-in show every Sunday morning at 9 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. And you can call in and ask the channel. I'm not a psychic. I'm a channel. And um, we'll give you lots of information about uh, where your block is, where your hang-up is, what the fear is, what the limiting belief is, so that you can move on in your life and 
create it more the way you want it to be. Okay. I, I've, I've listened to a couple of them, and they're fascinating. If anyone's interested, I mean, I, I certainly recommend it. Yeah, you can go to my website, com, and on the home page there is um, a link that will connect you to the Conscious Creation Radio Show. You all should just go to my website anyway. There's a lot of really cool stuff there. If anybody who wants to empower their lives, there's a lot of uh, really good stuff on my website. Okay, there you have it. Dee, I, I could probably just sit here and talk to you all day, but, uh, <laughs> I, I, you know, I, I want to limit it. So I, I do appreciate you taking the time to talk about Red Christmas and, you know, everything involved in making that project. You bet. It was my great pleasure to uh, represent this film. Thank you so much, Michael. Thank you, Jay. Bye-bye. All right, bye-bye. I know what you're thinking. Did he fire six shots or only five? Well, to tell you the truth in all this excitement, I've kind of lost track myself. But being this is a 44 Magnum, the most powerful handgun in the world, and would blow your head clean off, you've got to ask yourself one question. Do I feel lucky? Well, do you, punk? Oh, I'm sorry. Did I break your concentration? gentlemen how was that uh we had a fantastic conversation with the one and only d wallace talking about red christmas uh coming up at uh in theaters and uh blu-ray and dvd and uh again i talked about it a little bit earlier and it's, it's a really good movie um you guys should go see it uh you know i'm not gonna I'm not going to say too much about it, you know. don't want to spoil it. I don't like to be the spoiler or, you know, ruin the surprise. But, um, but yeah, I mean, it, it's a really good movie. I want to play a game. <laughs> yes. Don't want to play any games right now. But um, you've been listening to Michael Joy with uh, Hard News Confidential. And uh, we are on horrornews.net, as well as the Totally Driven Entertainment Radio Network. And uh... Red Rock! 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 Jenny, what's the matter, honey? Red Rock! You having a bad dream? Daddy? Thank you very much for tuning in this evening. Uh, and uh, I do want to take some uh, suggestions for, uh, for topics of, of conversation uh, for the podcast for upcoming weeks. Uh, so if anyone is interested and uh, has something that they, uh, they think would be good for this podcast, uh, you know, maybe someone we should interview or, or just something that we should talk about, um, you know, feel free to email me. Uh, email address is joyhorror at j o y h o r r o r at msn.com. Once again, that's joyhorror.com. So just uh, feel free to send any suggestions our way, and then we'll see if we can accommodate. Uh, so once again, I uh, just wanted to thank everyone. And uh, before we sign off, uh, you know, today we talked to D Wallace about Red Christmas, uh, and then uh, I mentioned. Uh, my Dead Afterlife project, and I'm going to be getting some more information in the upcoming weeks on that, so please stay tuned there. Um, And uh, I think that about covers everything, and 
you know, um, you know, you guys have been great, and uh, you know, really appreciate it. That's it, man. Game over, man. It's game over. And game over indeed. Uh, well, that's it. We're wrapping up another week of uh, Hard News Confidential. Farewell and adieu to you fair Spanish ladies. Farewell and adieu to you ladies of Spain. For we've received orders for to sail back to Boston. And so never more shall we see you again.